So I changed the buttons and Johnny boy, it's this one right here. Okay. So see, all right. You want to hit the music, Johnny boy, hit the music, Johnny boy. <laughs> all right. What is up everybody? This is the wrestling with God podcast. Yes. I think, Well, you know what? Hold on. I'm going to, there what is it? Is done? This? All right. Yeah, don't touch it. Well, I want to touch it. Okay. Well, to touch, uh, try it again. There it is. No, wait. All right. What is up, everybody? This is the Wrestling with God podcast where we have real talk, interesting questions, and true discipleship. I am one of the hosts, Curious Clark. I don't know if you're like, dude. Wow. Okay. It's very simple, John. Oh, you, hey, you I'm, say, my name is Jonathan Hill. There you go, John. See, once I introduce myself, then it goes John, I and then it goes I need Joel. visual eye contact cues, all right? I, yeah, like, hey, I'm Curious Clark. Oh, and then just, okay, I'll give you a clue. Joel. I was just going <laughs> well, off. Well, you know, maybe I would have, John. <laughs> Continue, sir. Okay, I'm, I'm Joel Erickson. <laughs> And maybe I would have given you a visual cue if maybe you were looking at me I instead was. of the phone. I was, well, I was looking at you and you were like, well, okay, I, I was looking at the yeah, phone. Yeah. So you got, you got me there. All right. Well, anyways, we are not professional theologians or biblical scholars, or we're not even really professional podcasters for that matter. So if you stick with it this long, Hey, good job on you. But we are three ordinary guys who want to learn and grow from an extraordinary Bible. So, wow, this podcast went off to a rocky start. I wonder how that's going to record. It's better to finish strong, though. Yeah, right we're going to finish strong, yeah. which is going to lead me to a story for you guys. You ready? Yes. Oh, crud. I'm on the wrong notes here. Yeah. See, I mean, we're just a professional podcast, y'all. Um, you're you're going to tell us about a dream. Well, so I had a dream the other night, and it... Granted, it's not all exciting, but I, you know, I worked 12 hour days last week. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go home. I got three day weekend coming up. Don't have to think about work. Nothing. You know what happens is I dream and here, you know, this is what I'm doing while, you know, I'm sleeping probably. I know that's my wife really. But while I'm sleeping, I'm thinking or dreaming about my work. I'm, I worked all day and then I dreamed about work. I dreamed I was actually doing my job in the dream. Has that yeah, happened to you? I, that's happened to me. Yeah. I should just bumps me out. And so that leads me to an interesting question. Well, actually, before I get to the question, I, I even woke up. Okay, actually, I'll, I'll save that part for later. But that leads me to an interesting question. It's like, what are some of your guys' weird dreams that you've had over the years? So uh, probably the, uh, the thing that comes to mind for me is I have a tendency to like combine places into like, like, like two different places and they, and they suddenly become like part of the kind of the same place like i don't know just like you're a, in one place and well, in another and the same dream no it, it it's they're they're two they're still two separate places but they're like next door to each other and like um trying to think of a good example where say it's like my like growing up we moved a lot so i have a dream where like i'm in one childhood home huh. and then all of a sudden I like walk down the street and I'm like at my like next door to my other childhood home. And so how the, close were these two childhood homes? They're, they're like States apart okay. from each other or yeah, I I've just had like weird dreams where, and also other dreams I've had where I, I've been like walking through like semi familiar neighborhoods that kind of correspond to real life places, but they also kind of don't like some, somehow my brain like just like imagines some neighborhood somewhere that I was like, okay, this is a neighborhood in the city I grew up in. 
but it's not, it, it isn't really, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of imaginary too, if that makes sense where, yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I just have this tendency to kind of imagine places that are sort of based on reality, but really aren't <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like it. All right. <laughs> what, what, what are some of your weird dreams? Johnny um, boy. Well, I have like weird dreams, but I do have dreams that I have like quite often, like the same dream, like throughout my life. Okay. I'll get into the same like story and I've gotten to the point now, you know, as I'm older as I'll recognize, I'll be like, Oh, here we go. Like I'm, I'm in this storyline. It'll be like a nightmare one or something like getting chased or doing something. Right. And I'll just, it will be the same setting, same world. And I even had different storylines in the same setting or like dystopian world or whatever I'm dreaming about. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I'm a, so I remember what I did last time here when I'll be doing something else. It's really creepy. I and mean, then the most recent dream I had, um, this is the only one I remember. I don't know why I'm going to tell anybody this, but it was just an odd one. I just was walking down somewhere like a mountain road and I just like turned a corner and I saw like cougar paws and that's all I remember in my head is like cougar paws. And I was just like, Nope. And I just turned around and then I woke up. So. Do you guys, cause all of us have gone to school, right? Yeah. 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 Do you guys ever have dreams of yeah. going back to school all and the then time. you miss an assignment and yeah. then you have to take another semester of school? Yeah. In fact, I, I have, I have like dreams where I'm, I'm the same age I am now, which I'm in my late forties. Um, but, but for some reason I'm in high school <laughs> and like, so, every, but the, the weird thing is the, like the people there, you know, they're, they're from like the, my class that I was in, but of course they're, they're still like teenagers, but I'm, I'm like this middle-aged Ooh, guy that's a little and, creepy. and some, no, but it, the thing is, it doesn't seem all that weird for some reason. I'm just there and you know, I, I'm like, I didn't graduate and I still have to take, you know, like another year. I have to like redo my senior year of high school for some reason. I like it. Yeah. So I, I've had that dream. It's a hmm. cool dream. Yeah. yeah. I always hate those dreams because then, because I hate college so much. <laughs> and so when I have those dreams of going back to school and failing a test and having to retake it, oh man, it just, breaks my heart in the dream and then when i wake up it's really nice to know that that was just a dream and that was not <laughs> reality so have you ever as a, as a parent have you ever had dreams like i've had dreams oh, no, where i've where just i've just left my child somewhere and in the dream it's totally oh. so that was like and i just went Dude. somewhere else and oh, then i man. remembered that my my like two year old toddler is by themselves in the house. And then I just freak out uh, in the dream. You, you want to know <laughs> yeah. a dream that I had? Okay. So you said parent. I'm yeah. like, dude, this, this I've had, have you had dreams? Well, so the other dream that I had the other night actually is more like a nightmare, but my son was playing on this uh, pond that was iced over. Yeah. And there was a part of the pond where you didn't want to step in because the ice was thin. I say, Carver, don't go over there, you know, you know, just, or you'll fall through. Yeah. Well, he went over there to grab a ball. He fell through. I grabbed it. I mean, he went through, I grabbed his glove and the glove came off. And he went under the ice mm. Dude, those kind of dreams suck. Yep. I mean, they they. I mean, they. It's not a great way to wake up at three o'clock in the morning and start your day. I mean, it was just. And from what it sounds like, uh, my wife Bethany uh, heard me whimpering, and I think I woke up to whimpering at one point in the night. And yeah, I I really don't like those dreams. Those are the worst dreams when you know, your kids in serious danger or basically dies and it. it's, it's not a fun, fun. And so I wondered though, cause as I was thinking about dreams, cause I know not every dream God speaks to us and it is, you know, revelation or, it, or there's a metaphor in life that we need to use. Right. But I do know that he uses dreams. And I almost wonder if he uses those kind of dreams 
those nightmares, like say with my son drowning as an example to make me appreciate, you know, my son even more. I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe, maybe I'm off the mark. I'm just trying to, I know it's a very morbid thing. That seems odd, uh, <laughs> but we're here to ask questions. So yeah. I don't, I don't know if I've ever thought. I mean, about I don't it. know yeah. if we want to go thirty minutes into like, talking about dreams. Let's and put the, this the, person in mental torment. So that <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I mean, the, I'm just saying. Yeah. Could God, God use dreams to make us. I mean, He uses suffering mm-hmm. to make us you know, look towards him, appreciate him. So why not dreams? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I didn't plan, plan <laughs> that at all. I was just thinking on the top of my head. That's good. good. But, um, you know what? So Joel, I was on the couch the other night and my wife and I were talking about the podcast. She listened to your testimony oh, okay. and, uh, she's kind of annoyed with it. Because I get, I guess I kept uh, asking you questions and then interrupting you and not letting you finish hmm. answering the question. Yes, I, I, I don't remember that specifically. Well, but I listened to the podcast and I did huh. for a few of it. So I thought we give her a call and just give have her give us some feedback for us to be better professional podcasters. What do you guys think? And then I'm going to ask my son on and ask him a theological question. And then we can get into today's word and then do all that stuff. It's going to be a weird, bumpy episode, guys. So Feedback that works. Feedback that works. See, we're, we are a growing podcast and we need to hear from the expert. We need to hear... My wife's professional, non-professional opinion. And maybe she'll pick up. Maybe she won't. (laughs) Well, that's... Hello. Hi. See that you got your hands full. Uh, yeah. Is that important? Well, we're on the podcast, and uh, I just was telling Joel how I really didn't do, uh, I did him a disservice when I interviewed him for his testimony, because I was a blabbermouth and never shut up and all that, and so, and uh, I just wanted you to tell us your, you know, your professional opinions of what we should do to better the show. Um, well, what... I have been thinking about lately is you taking enrichment classes, which would be um, basically journalism classes about how to interview, um, active listening, knowing how to present yourself. I think I present myself pretty well, don't you, gentlemen? No. We're off our game today because we had a screw up in the recording. And so I don't know how it's going to go. But anyways, um, we see that you're busy. But could you put Carver on the phone? Yeah. Carver, here's daddy. He wants to talk to you. Hi. Hey, buddy. Hey, what? Uh, Are you doing okay? Yeah. Yeah. Did you know you're on the podcast right now? What? You're on the podcast. What? <laughs> yeah, you know, someday you'll take over John or Joel's position, you know, <laughs> or mine. Um, what are you learning in Sunday school? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, I, you're making me look bad here. Do who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? God, you know. Did you say God? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, that's very theologically accurate. Okay. 
All right, buddy. I love you. I'll see you in a co- in an hour or so. How do you, how do you spell written by Carver? <laughs> love you. What did he say? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's writing a journal. He wants to know how to spell written by Carver. Oh, okay. All right. I'll see you in a little bit. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, that was entertaining. So, all right. What are you guys? What are you guys thinking? Oh, I wish I had the cricket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I yeah. you know, I shared that book that were the the men we need. Uh-huh. Um, and then it was funny is my I, I have a a coworker, and he is. He's a, as a psych major, so he has a psychology class. He gets asked the exact question that that book answers is like, what do you think masculinity is, masculinity means in like this kind of, and I was like, look at him, I was like, read my book. And then you can answer that question. <laughs> so he said he's going to read it this weekend. That's good because yeah, whoever you ask, it can vary. Yeah. And uh, I think the Bible is the best book to kind of show what masculinity is so i would agree yeah 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 no i did you guys know that we're gonna start on that book next week yeah yes, yes. well i i figured because we i missed last week i don't even know how many people showed up did you I don't know. so i'm getting conflicted answers here neither of us showed up so apparently my mom told me last night that Nobody showed up at the huddle because she got here at seven. Yeah. And no one was here. It was just all dark and she had to go to somebody else's house to do prayer meeting or whatnot. And then I was just talking to Nathaniel and he said, Oh yeah, I think five guys showed up. It's like I'm getting two conflicting answers here. So I don't know if they well, ended was early. Nathaniel and, there? Yeah. No. Nathaniel <laughs> wasn't there. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So I don't, you know. So anyone who's wondering, we're talking about a men's Bible study that we do on Tuesday nights, and because it was Valentine's Day, neither of us went because we all had to be good husbands and go back to our wives or fiance or hopefully fiance. You know what, Joel? We need to have a discussion here, right on yeah. the podcast, right uh, on the air. Yeah, we we can have that discussion after the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fine all right fine okay all right um next here yeah so let's so we're gonna end on john for no what ending on me what no we're not gonna end on you john this isn't your last episode (laughs) better not be your last episode (laughs) but yeah we're gonna go through uh many samaritans believe in john 4 39 through 42 so I will read this, uh, these few five verses here, four verses or three verses, whatever it is. I'm not great at math. So many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because a woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came to came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. So I remember years ago, back when I was living in a trailer on my parents' property and there was this thing called TiVo. Do you guys remember what oh, TiVo yeah. is? Yeah, I, yeah. I've got one of those in a box in my garage. Yeah, yeah. and, he, and he, it was a revolutionary idea because he could pause live television. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And you, you could record and it would save it. And so I had one of those in the RV and on one of the channels was... Uh, uh, it was a Ray Comfort show, and it was called Way of the Master. And so I recorded that, listened to it. It was when he was doing uh, his stuff with Kirk Cameron, mm-hmm. and he shared the gospel. And I heard, and that's when I heard the gospel, at least in its entirety, of what you know, really, what Jesus really came to do, and why he was sent to die on a cross. And so I heard that gospel. So I heard it from. Ray Comfort and Kirk Cameron, 
But then, you know, as the years go by and as I'm reading scripture, I realize for myself that Jesus really is who he says he is. It's, you know, I don't believe because of Ray Comfort or Kirk Cameron or this pastor or that pastor. I believe because I see it for myself from the scriptures that he is who he is. And so that leads me to ask the question, like, you know, when did you guys first hear the gospel? And then why do you believe now? So, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I know it's probably not the same as what I said on the, the text. It just came out of my head, so. Yeah, I, I think for me that, um, you know, I, I was lucky enough to be the the family that I grew up in. My, my dad was, it, it wasn't like a, a choice that, <laughs> I mean, so I, right now I'm not talking about like not believing in the gospel. Um, it, it was, it was like a, I was exposed to, I, I heard the gospel, um, you know, from being a little kid, um, you know, like your son, obviously, uh, is got some, some level of understanding right. going to Sunday school. But it, I mean, it, as far as, as far as, um, so that, I mean, I've, that was when I like heard it, heard it for the first time, but as, as far as when I like made that, that, uh, kind of that recognition of, okay, this is, I believe that for what I, what I've heard, um, you know, it, it probably, I was probably like in high school, hmm. um, even though, you know, I'd grew, grown up, you know, from my, you know, basically my entire childhood being in Sunday school every, every week and, um, hearing Bible stories and, and stuff. But I, I don't know that I can, that there was like a single turning point where it's like, all of a sudden I realized mm -hmm. that it, I know it had happened somewhere, somewhere around, you know, like probably my sophomore year in high school, somewhere mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Uh, freshman, sophomore year. Right. Mm -hmm. Are you looking at me now? I'm yeah, I'm looking. Right, you know, I'm giving you the you know, single sign that, you know, <laughs> like, hey, there you go. I'm giving you the eyes, you know. Well, see, I, I think I agree with Joel here. I don't think there was ever just, you know, yeah. I always wished I had that one moment to where it's like, I was like this, and then bam. Like you know, a Paul now, yeah, kind of moment? Right. You're more right. like a Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I, thank you, I think. <laughs> well, I mean, it, Peter didn't, I mean, I don't know. Anyways, yeah. go ahead. But, um, so, yeah, you know, growing up, you know, I, I grew up, I was very blessed to be adopted into a, a God-fearing family. You know, my mom and dad, they, they took us to church. It was very important to them, you know, and they, and I think they did it really well. They weren't overbearing with it. You know, I, you know, some people can, you know, their parents can be so overbearing that the kids, as soon as they yeah. get away, they're mm -hmm. like out of there, you know, not saying I didn't do that. I did, but not because of their, <laughs> um, but you know, so I, when I was growing up, I never had really a hard, um, um, hard time seeing that I was in need of someone to save me. Right. I, you know, I didn't really have a high opinion of mm -hmm. myself much growing up. Right. But I also had a hard time giving, uh, Jesus the authority or, or yeah. having, seeing him as King. Right. So I just wanted a savior when I needed a savior. Um, so it wasn't until I really grew up, uh, became an adult, like an adult adult, uh, too old uh, like I am now that I really started to see him as both the savior and king. Mm. Um, and it was then when I let him work in my life, really a lot of the things that I've been struggling with through my life, it, some, some, one of these, one of these days it just clicked and I don't know when it was or over time, but it was just these things that I had been dealing with as a young man, right. were starting to get better in my life. I was able to, to handle them a lot of better, whether it be like some, you know, personality or how I reacted to certain situations or, or anxiety or something like that. And it was just kind of, it was just kind of a cool, yeah, cool thing to, to, to think about. So I like what you said about, you know, when he got older, he treated him as savior and king. Because when I was younger, it was more just the savior part. Just yeah. to get out of hell, 
kind of mm-hmm. free card. He's, I got that my free ticket to heaven. Yeah, but I want to do what I want to do. And that's yeah. all I want. You know, just give me that and I'm going to just yeah. do my own thing. And obviously it, it's, I don't see that now I'm more, you know, he's my savior. He's my King. He's my savior. He's my Lord. And that's one thing that I had to. So when I heard the Ray comfort gospel or you know, it was more of a, oh, I need to say this magic prayer to, you know, to be with God in heaven for eternity. Yeah. But it wasn't a full submission towards him. Uh, I only, I did that when I got in my college years or, mm-hmm. but even then it wasn't a clear Paul kind of conversion yeah. where it was yeah. a flip of the dime. Like it's been a, I guess in a sense, a kind of a Peter a little bit to where it's just progressed and I've, you know, gotten better at the sanctification part of it. Yeah. Cause I mean, everyone grows a little bit either slower or faster. I mean, some are Peter's that it takes some time and others are Paul like, boom, they, you know, yeah. but thinking about like yeah. periods of our lives though, too, of like where we were in certain jobs or certain situations or certain groups and we grew and we didn't know at the time that we were being grown, like, like what was happening to us. And, and, and I've had jobs and stuff that I just hated and I was there for, for so long, you know, and I was like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> you know? And in reality, like, I feel like if I was like, you know, say I was like in the job I am now without going through that and dealing with a lot of those stresses or how to, you know, like for me, this is going to be sound odd, but that cooling off period out of the military, like if I didn't have, like if I didn't have the job after the military that I had for that cooling off, I would have never have made it in SEL. Like what's the cooling off period? Um, well, becoming, I mean, I, like, you know, like you interact and react to people in a different manner in the military, especially oh. in the infantry, if that makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, things that's not really normal. <laughs> in real society right so like a lot of people have a hard time adjusting you know to you know to that especially to something like corporate life right and so i don't know i probably shouldn't say this out loud so i've already regret it because i'm being recorded but (laughs) you know that was really it was actually a huge blessing Mm -hmm. for me to have that job for so long was that you know i was able to to interact with people i was able to actually spend time with the lord and and let him work within my life and grow me during that time and then now i have a you know i'm able to adjust a lot better to different atmospheres and cultures that I think I wouldn't normally be, you know, wouldn't have been ready for, you know, because six, seven years ago. Yeah. You were in the military yeah. going around to different places. Yeah. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. I don't got any other questions. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I mean, yeah. no, that's the wrong one. I was supposed to do this one. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You can stop now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I I just had kind of a um, random uh, thought while while we were talking about these things is um, you know in in a lot of ways the having um, the experience and really for the first time a couple years ago of 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 uh, doing the evangelism in public places um, in in some ways it, it was kind of like. He, you know, I'd, I'd obviously internalized my belief about who Jesus was, but having like to come up to somebody and like try to explain who he is, who I think he is, that was, mm. that was kind of a, um, in some ways kind of a turning point where, you know, I, I really hadn't ever had that experience of, of, of like explaining what I believe to somebody else and that, in a, lot, in a lot of ways kind of forced me to kind of process that belief differently than I, hmm. when I just had had it just all within my own head kind of, I mean, or when I was, you know, in, in like church with people who, who had the same yep. belief as me, um, it, it's easier to, to just sort of take it for granted and go, okay, well, I believe that everybody around me believes that I know there's other people that may not, but, I didn't really have the experience of, of like trying to talk to somebody who may or may not have that same belief and yeah, the, just sort of trying to make not, not like argue a case or make a case, but just like 
put it into words to somebody else, the kind of a thing. Yeah, I know yeah. in our, you know, Christian culture, it we get so familiar with using the Christian terms like, you know, we're image bearers of God. I was I was telling this guy this um a few weeks ago about and I I mentioned the phrase image bearer of God, like, yeah, we're image bearers of God. And he's like, Wait, and what? <laughs> oh, and I thought about it, I'm like, do I even really know and i was trying to explain it to him like i really don't know how to <laughs> explain this <laughs> you know it's just like i basically just said yeah it's god making us like him <laughs> I, that's the best i could do well done i mean yes. could you have said any better nope that's, <laughs> that's actually pretty good yep. yeah. I like it. <laughs> uh, but it's funny. We use these Christianese kind of like phrases and we don't sometimes like, you know, we say holy. Well, I mean, you may know what that means, but yeah. I See, Joe, I like what you said, because th that's why I think that for us, that this, this, this podcast is so important um, because it makes us speak out loud our thoughts and what yeah. we think and whether or not anyone listens to us is besides the point like this alone, right? Men who, who, who love and fear God getting together and talking about things and, and, and posing difficult questions and having to answer difficult questions, right? That kind of a thing is really, really, in my opinion, really important because we can think that we understand a concept, but it's unlike when you have to talk to somebody out loud or you have to explain it to somebody. It's, it's, it's way different, right? Oh yeah. I mean, think about like, I'll like read us, like I'll read like mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. I'm like, got it. I just went up like 50 <laughs> IQ points, you know? And then I'll like try to explain yeah. it to somebody else. And I'm just like, Holy cow, this sounds really dumb right now. Like I need, I, uh, I remember this one time I was trying, I was talking with somebody about like the natural law and like, you know, and he wasn't, he wasn't a believer. And he says, he's, I don't believe in the natural law. I'm like, what do you mean you don't believe in that? I mean, I'm, everyone believes in natural law. What do you mean by natural law? Like, um, like um, the idea of, uh, that's a good question. See, now you got me stuck. <laughs> yeah, now <laughs> so, I'm like, what's the, there, what there, do you mean there's by a, There's like a moral law that we're all oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. every human. Like um, lying, it used to be called the natural law. Now I think we think more of like... Oh. Like, yeah, like a, the morality, like how do you explain Moral. morality is like, oh, okay, it's gotcha. all pressed on us. Like everyone has the same basic. Okay. And I never heard of it called the natural law. I've uh, always heard of it called the moral law. Yeah. The so, moral law. Okay. So yeah. it's basically, right. okay. Right. And then, you know, and it was like, I'm, this is an odd example, but you know, having to like talk about that, you know, cause I'm not, I'm talking to somebody who doesn't share my beliefs or, or biases or whatever you want to call them. Right. Yeah. Um, and how to do that lovingly and, and, and to have a response. And, you know, I think that's really important. So, and I think half that battle is, is this, is this men talking out loud to each other and asking questions and pursuing thought. Yeah. I wish I had a question or a story to tell, but I don't. So yeah, applaud, applaud me, or you can laugh at me. I mean, it's, uh, that's just what it is. But yeah, I, I think that's why I really like, you know, this. We can kind of get our thoughts out and know how to articulate them better, even though we don't do the greatest job at it. So even this. So what I'm trying to do right now mm -hmm. is not say um you know, or like, I'm really trying to articulate my thoughts because I want to sound more intelligent. I want to sound more like a professional well, theologian quite. or a biblical scholar. I don't want to use the crappy ums or likes or you knows. So if anyone hears, I'm talking a little bit differently and I'm pausing Rather than going, um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, uh-huh, and that's why. Because I'm trying to get better at talking and communicating. So, and Johnny Boy is on his phone texting his wife, probably. Yeah, so... Do, do you have to go soon? Yeah. <laughs> what time is it? Oh, wow, yeah. 6.10. Well, we, Joel and I can still stay on if you want to, like, head out. Yeah, so and, can uh, I bandage you guys? Yeah, you can bandage sure. us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for, for having me. 
And uh, <laughs> Abby, you're on, you're one of the hosts, John. Don't I, yeah, but you 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 don't have to extend an invite every week. You just uh, I guess, yeah. I don't know. Why would I not want to? I've been so scatterbrained last oh, the whole week. I've just been crazy. You, sh- you should work with it, me. It's, it's a nightmare. I don't want to work. Everyone, with yeah, you. I know, right? Everyone around me is just like, goodness sakes, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say when you're walking by? There was a question that they asked you when you walk oh, by. Oh, they asked and, me like, what? What is your like something your wife eats or something? Oh said, no, oh. it's what? Was, what was your favorite recipe? Yeah, om, om rice. Yeah, oven rice. Omu rice. Omu rice. Is it based off a cow? Omu. Omu. No. no. Is, is that like a, a variety of, or is it, is a it recipe? like curry? Uh, no. Well, I don't know. It's a dish. Oh, so okay. I don't think it qualifies for either. But it's just, a, it's like a, like think of it like an omelet. Okay. But underneath the omelet is rice. And usually it's mixed with like either like beef or chicken or bacon or, and then onions and stuff. And then, so you. So you do like a fried rice on the, on the bottom and you put an omelet on top of it and then you put ketchup over it and wow. rice. It's really good. Hmm. It's a Japanese dish. They usually make for foreigners. Interesting. <laughs> foreigners. So you got to try <laughs> well, it a lot. Well, huh? me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is our, you know, yeah. our crappy uh, dish yeah. that we make. That's really cheap. Yeah. You go to, if you go to Korea, you'll notice like you ever go to a restaurant and there's two menus. And so when they see you, they give you this menu. And the only thing on the menu is fried chicken. And then <laughs> oh. everyone else has a menu of like all this, these Korean dishes. And mm-hmm. Every restaurant I ever went to Korea gave me that. And it was just fried, every restaurant, fried chicken. It's like, do we, I don't want fried chicken. I want pizza. <laughs> I want burgers. You got that? I don't want fried chicken. That's but, funny. All right. Well, we'll let you go. We won't hold yeah. the gun to your head being here. See, yeah. We'll right. probably, I mean, the, the podcast probably going to be, you know, we're probably going to be sleeping on the job now, John. So, all right. We'll see you, Johnny boy. Yep, see you. Well, it's just you and I, Joel. Yeah, we're down to two. And he closes the door. You know, I didn't really have a whole lot for this episode. And next episode, we're going to start The Men We Need. Mm-hmm. So read the first section of The Men We Need. Is there, are there sections? So I actually did get the book and I, they're like... Yeah, um, I read the whole thing No, I, I read no. like the first two... I don't know if they're chapters or how it's divided. They're, so there's chapters... And there's sections. Okay. So there's, you know, like four chapters in each section. Yeah. So I, I probably only read like two chapters out of the first okay. section. Yeah. You probably have two, maybe three more chapters. And then that's what we'll be talking about. Basically, you got the keeper of the garden and then he has six decisions or something. And then each decision is a section. Okay. With four or five chapters or whatever. And I think each week in the huddle, we're going to be doing one section and there's seven sections total. Oh, really? So we're going to be taking that long, like seven weeks? It sounds like it. Okay. From what I'm thinking. I'm really, I think it'll be a good little uh, series for us to do. I think, are you enjoying it so far? Yeah, it's it's interesting. He's a good writer and uh, yeah, it's humorous and. It's really yeah. easy yeah. to to read, isn't it? It's yeah. like he's talking to you, which I find really nice and helpful because I don't like reading those really biblically scholar books <laughs> where, I mean, they just make you do this. <laughs> no, they, uh, this one's, it's, yeah, it's very entertaining, uh, very light and, and understandable. And yeah, yeah. it's good. Yeah. Again, I, it's, uh, it's one of my top five most influential books all my life that I can think of, but I don't know. What do you, we got to, I don't know, say 10 minutes. What do you want to talk about? The floor is open. (laughs) Okay. Joel. I thought we, I thought you were going to say, we were going to talk about the floor in here, like the floor, the carpet or how, how clean or needs to be vacuumed or no what okay the no. floor is open um yeah the floor is open like what's on yeah. your mind what's on your heart i don't know i mean um i, I guess we could kind of like continue i mean a couple of times today you know you kind of started out in the discussion talking about ray ray comfort and um uh i'm, I'm like 
looking across the room, I, I see there's a couple of books. Uh, oh yeah, and, and uh, Living Waters stuff, and um, yeah, you, you mentioned like the, he had that show, The Way of the Master, with mm-hmm. Kirk Cameron, and of course he had a he also had a book um, by that title, The Way of the Master. Yeah, that I you actually recommended to me a couple of years ago, and I got that and read it, and that was a good book. So, um, yeah, maybe we could just like, yeah, what talk. I'm curious because I never read the book from cover to cover. I've read parts of the book, but I'm curious what your takeaway is on that book. And, uh, you know, maybe what, maybe for someone reading it the first time, I don't know, or maybe hearing how he presents things with the gospel the first time, like how did you as a reader take take that away. So for listeners who don't know the way of the master, Ray Comfort has a ministry called living waters and it's basically an evangelism ministry. It's like how we evangelize the gospel of people. How do we share the good news? And he has a bunch of videos of witnessing to people and he has a bunch of material to read. And he has a lot of gospel tracks for you, you know, you to buy and hand out. And so this way, the master is, you know, how to present the gospel to people and how to witness, how to biblically witness to people and share the gospel in a biblical way. So what did you as when you're reading it, what were your takeaways? What were your likes, dislikes, maybe? You know, the it's been a couple of years ago that, that, that I've read it now, but I know, dude, yeah, it's been like the, three years ago since I started that, and and yeah, but but I I do remember what what kind of struck me as I was first reading it was um, he makes he makes the case that you know in in order to share the gospel, you you have to kind of confront people with the law, um, like the law of Moses, basically, and um, 10 commandments and you, I, I don't remember his exact analogies and, and reasoning, but the idea was, you know, you, um, if you just come right off and, and talk about, Hey, you know, Jesus died for you. He, yeah. he loves you. He wants to be your savior. And, um, I guess the, the thing with, with Ray comfort that is kind of one of his main points is that, before you can even get to that, you have to kind of establish when you're talking to somebody, you have to make them at least a little bit aware of like why they even need to be yeah. saved in the first place. And be, because a lot of people, mm. especially, you know, these days here, I'm, I'm using, you know, <laughs> um, they, it's probably not the first thing on their mind that they're, Mm-mm. that they're sinful or they, even need a savior. So yeah, that, that was kind of the, the main um, point that kind of hit me differently from reading that book the first time. Yeah. And, One of the things that I took away from it is when we present the gospel, we don't want to just start off with, Hey, Jesus died for your sins because I mean, think about it. Like you go to a doctor And without him doing any x-rays on you or any kind of testing, he says, here, take this cure. It'll cure your cancer. And and it's, you know, it's the first time you see this doctor, he didn't do anything for you. He just said, yep, take this. You'll be cured. I don't think you'd take that. I don't think anybody would. I mean, unless you're that paranoid or anything, but I think for most people would be like, why do I need to take this? Um, now, if you went into a doctor, he's like, okay, listen, we did, we ran some tests on you. Uh, it turns out, you know, here's the x-rays. You see there's this tumor uh, in your brain or in your lungs or whatever. Uh, and we can get rid of it. We have the cure. And if you show them, you know, the disease that they have, they'll be more willing to take the antidote to for that disease. Right. And it's in, in the same way with the gospel is when we present the gospel, we present it with, listen, you're, you know, have you ever lied, stolen all that lusted, cheated, um, use God's name, vain, all that so that they realize, wow, I'm not a good person. 
I, and I don't know how to wipe that away. And that's where Jesus and the cross comes in, where Jesus is the cure. But if you just start out with Jesus died for his sins, and now granted, God can use that, right. and he has used that with people. I've, I've known testimonies, I've heard testimonies where people have gone up and said, hey, God loves you, and they went to a church, they got saved. And so I'm not saying that it's always... 100% this right way because God can use our stupidity. And even in the gospels, God didn't do the same thing over and over. Uh, I mean, Paul didn't use Ray Comfort's method or Jesus didn't use that method on the woman at the well that we've been witnessing. I mean, he kind of showed her the sin a little bit, but he didn't walk through the 10 commandments, right. all of it and all that. So, there, there's some grace there, but for the most part, I think people really do need to to know that they've sinned against the holy God, and the only way that that can be cured is by the blood of Christ and right. His death, burial, resurrection on the cross. So, um, one of the things I've had a problem with that method, though. And I'm, I've wrestled with it a lot because he does say, you know, if um, you've broken these things, you know, you deserve to go to hell, which, which we all agree with. And, and, and it's not wrong. One of the things that I almost wonder sometimes, though, with that kind of method is, and that's kind of what I picked up when I was younger a little bit ago when I talked about it is I was kind of wanting to trust Jesus just so that I wouldn't go to hell. Hmm. You know, it was like a get out of jail, get out of hell free card. Right. And so that's been one of my thoughts about it is, is I am, is, if people do receive this gospel, are they receiving it because they're really broken hearted over their sin and want to, obey and love God or, or is it just out of fear of, I don't want to go to a place of fire and brimstone, outer darkness. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've had that same thought myself, you know, I, I can think back of, you know, when I was like a teenager and, and, you know, first was, was like thinking about, you know, the concept of hell and, and, what that might mean. And yeah, it w so th I mean, that is, I, I think for a lot of people, that's a, that's a motivated, motivating thing <laughs> and, <laughs> for most people. But um, yeah, you, you do have a good point that there, there's probably should, that shouldn't be the, like the only reason hmm. why, why somebody's going to be receptive to the gospel. You, but I, I mean, it, it could yeah. start out that right, way though, yeah. because I mean, sanctification, I mean, you think of the, I always think of the, the prodigal son story and there's so many angles to go off that story and it's awesome. But one of the things that I noticed with the prodigal son is that he didn't go back to the dad because he was sorry for his sin and was broken hearted over it. He went back because he was at a place in his life where he was literally eating pig uh, food. Yeah. And he saw that his father's servants ate better than the pigs mm -hmm. and ate better than what he was eating. And yeah. that was his motivation for going back. And so I would argue that the prodigal son had a wrong motivation to go back to the father, yet the father still received him. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm no professional theologian or biblical scholar, but I'm just seeing what's in the text. I don't see him being brokenhearted over his sin and that he really screwed his father. I'm seeing that he's going back because he's eating like crap, his life's crap, and mm -hmm. he knows 
his ser- his father's servants have a better life than he is now. Mm-hmm. That, that that's what I'm, I mean. Am I picking that up right, Joel? Yeah, that that sounds right <laughs> to me. I mean, yeah, that there wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't being. He he didn't go back with the intent of like, oh, I'm gonna you know fall down and try to you know make myself right with with my father. I'm I'm just gonna try to. You know, if if all goes well, I can. I, he'll hire me on as a yeah as a servant, kind of a thing, and yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. John and I have had that discussion, and he seems to think there was, you know, repentance there. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't really get that. But you know, again, I, I'm a professional theologian, just kind of struggling with that because. You know, there are people like myself who have come to know Christ and the gospel because of fear of hell. And then you later, as the sanctification grows, you kind of realize that shouldn't be, <laughs> that shouldn't be the motivation. The motivation should be because you disobeyed God and you want to have that relationship restored. Yeah. I, I think you make a really good point that, um, that the, the, the motivating factor doesn't necessarily stay focused on yeah that, you know, it doesn't, it can change. Yeah. The, the sanctification can take place where you're going to, you're going to see more than just that get, get out of hell free card. You're going to yeah going to learn, you're going to come to know more about who Jesus is and, and, yeah, and he's, I, he's not just this. Yeah, the the ticket out of yeah, hell. and I think that's with everything. If if God has or if Christ has invaded your life, motivations are going to change, and the way and why you do them are going to change. They have to change. Um, you know, I'm not going to say that they're going to change right away. <laughs> I mean, it could be. I mean, it, it was something years for me to change and for God to like really work through me with, you know, people that he's placed in my life. But eventually they have that, that motivation has to, has to change. There has to be like a turning of the heart. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so that's, that was like one of the problems that I had with the book was like, are we, and again, there's no right way to evangelize. I mean, there's definitely wrong ways. Don't get me wrong, but there's not like this one clear cut answer ish. But, um, I do like how he's like, we need to let people know, you know, that they sinned against the Holy God. There's no way that they can do enough good works to get out of it. And only Christ who, bled and died on the cross and rose again. Uh, he's the only one that could save him. Mm-hmm. So do you have any other thoughts on, on that book? Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to think about what my other kind of takeaways were. Um, yeah. Dead air here, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> yeah. People are laughing at yeah. you, Joel. Guys quit laughing at him. Yeah. I, I just, you know, you, you just have to kind of, I guess, just respect, uh, just respect uh, Ray Comfort for what he's chosen to do. Um, yeah, he's obviously he's he's very he's very good at that technique. You know, he can like watch his his videos and, um, and I'm honestly curious how he came up with that. I mean, obviously I know it's the Bible, right? But just, I mean, he, I, I don't know. Maybe he read someone who also did it. You know, I, I don't know. I was just thinking on the top of my head there. Yeah. I'm sure he had influences and buddy. He, he's, he has articulated it probably you know, that particular technique better than, than any other evangelist I'm aware of at least. And I, it's kind of interesting, kind of along the lines of what we were just talking about is he, he does actually take, I wouldn't really say take swipes, but 
he does bring up like other evangelists and kind of go going um against that kind of technique of you know god has a plan for your life and you um he he does uh ray comfort does argue kind of like other evangelistic approaches might have the potential to kind of disillusion people where Mm, yeah like if you if you're telling people like oh god has a a beautiful plan for your life you know everything is going to be great once you become (laughs) once you become a christian once you accept christ and that is you know like i think he says that in the book it's it's pretty much guaranteed that even when somebody you know has that that uh that moment of salvation and they're like oh thank you jesus and i accept you into my life and everything's (laughs) if if they don't really have you know the maturity at that point to know okay this doesn't yeah this doesn't mean my life is gonna be perfect from this point on that that has the potential to to alienate some people if if they've only had Mm. the saving experience of you know jesus loves you he wants you to Mm. bring him into your life and and he has a beautiful plan for your life and and from this point on jesus is going to be with you but it's um i mean that that's that's true but they're not maybe being given the, like the whole, the whole thing. Picture, yeah. Yeah. Because we often like, Oh, you know, come to Jesus. He'll give you joy, peace, mm. all that, which is true. 100%. The Holy spirit um, is, you know, the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. But on the other hand, you know, when we don't tell people, you know, up front, you know, Hey, you know, to be a follower of Christ means to, there's a saying called repentance and to turn from sin and trust in, trust in Christ. And, you know, to be a follower is, you know, you're going to have to deny yourself. You're going to have to take up your cross daily and follow him. This isn't, this isn't easy. If it was easy, uh, everyone would probably do it. But I mean, you look at the disciples who were, 11 out of the 12 got beheaded and the one got thrown in an oil thing and got thrown to be abandoned on an island. So to say that they had this wonderful, prosperous, wealthy, healthy life. And that's the message that we can give to people sometimes when we say, Hey, come to Jesus. He has a wonderful plan for your life. It's just a wrong message. You know, I'm not saying, you know, like I have a great life. I mean, I'm not going to toot my own horn here. Um, In a sense, like I have a way better life, at least physically and healthy kind of way than the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was thrown in prison. He was beaten. I don't have any of those things. I wake up at three. That's my, that's my prison. That's, that's what my struggle is, is waking up at three and dealing with crying kids. I mean, I, I don't have anything compared to the apostles did, but at the same time is I know that where our culture is going, um, it could be anti-Christian here in the next 10, 20 years. I mean, it's becoming less, less uh, popular to be a Christian, you know? So, I mean, that's just reality. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, the going along those lines too, that, you know, if you, if you do talk about sin in that, you know, that's becoming not, there are like certain aspects of that that are becoming kind of off like, Oh, you can't, you can't call that a sin. You can't say that mm-hmm. that's, you know, uh, you can't condemn, <laughs> condemn somebody for a certain behavior right. or something like that. But, um, I mean, at, at least for the moment, there's, uh, there's, <laughs> there seems to be a general agreement that, you know, killing people's bad and <laughs> lying is bad. And, you for know, most part. yeah, ad- adultery is bad. And, stuff like that. And, but, um, but, but I mean, yeah. our culture is just becoming less and less moral. Right. Right. I mean, you know, I, 
I, you know, I say this without most respect, like, you know, with, you know, abortion or homosexuality. I mean, it's especially the abortion thing. It's like, we, we don't even, I mean, with all the science that we have, and, and this is just where my mind goes, is that we say we're a culture of science, but yet we deny conception in the womb. We say we're a culture of science, but yet we deny the biological male and female reproductive system. And so we're getting into this kind of really moral gray area where everything's just, I, I don't know. I'm yeah, going, I, I'm going off on no, a tangent, Joel. No, I, I agree. Yeah, it, we, I think there's, <laughs> you make a good point that in, yeah. in certain cases, science gets put in the backseat and the, the things that, well, it's not we, just science gets yeah. put in a backseat. It gets put in the front seat, but if science disagrees with how I feel or how I want to do things, right, right. that's when it gets put in a backseat. Yeah, exactly that. There's certain, certain exceptions are made where, yeah, if, if, if my, if my inclination to want a certain thing is, is more important than scientific fact, then yeah, then, yeah, then it gets, yeah, it gets overridden. Yeah. So, you know, it, what I would say to people with, you know, I, I use this example a little bit of, you know, when you come to Christ, yeah, you, you're going to have this joy. I mean, I hope you have the joy, this joy, um, where it's just life giving, but at the same time, if you come to Christ, there can be some cost to it. I mean, you think back in the day with Jesus and the people who followed him, you know, he said, you know, if you do not hate father, mother, son, or daughter, you are not worthy. I mean, basically people had to give up if they followed Jesus that, I mean, they would lose their family. That That's a given. And that's even still today with Muslims, right? I mean, you follow Jesus, you will be disowned by your family if you're a Muslim. And, you know, say with it, so say now, right? Say there's a non-believer and I'll give you two scenarios, Joe, and then we're going to end today's podcast to think about with, in, with uh, this whole thing. But one, there's one scenario. There's this unbeliever who gets saved, but before he gets saved, he was just lazy, slothful, couldn't hold down a job, yada, yada, yada. He gets saved say he's radically saved in the sense that, I mean, everything just clicks and he's like, wow, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to be slothful. Like that's not what God designed me. I'm going to go out and work hard. And then he works hard. He gets a paycheck. He, you know, uses his money and his resources wisely and his life is better because of it. Right now say if other unbeliever got saved and, and say before he was saved that his employer, say he's a tax assistant or something, I don't know, or he's an accountant and the employer said, Hey, I want you to use these numbers, even though they're not the correct numbers and to basically lie so we can commit tax fraud or however that works. He becomes a Christian and that employer says to do that. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And he gets fired. So you can see in those two scenarios and those two circumstances, you know, the one being a Christian could help you because that's just how it should be. And another, it may not help you right. based on the circumstances. And all I'm saying is, is when we talk with people about the gospel, we need to share with people. It may not go well for you or yeah. it may go well for you right. yeah. or it may go well for you. One area and one area may not go well for you. So it, it, you know, and just give them that feedback when we share. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess if, if anything, I can just, say that you know to 
to kind of sum up that the uh, the 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 benefit or the the piece that you have is is hopefully going to outweigh in in both of those cases, both of those situations where one guy has has a kind of a, a pros, semi prosperous <laughs> or at least you know he has some prosperity the other guy experiences some loss of prosperity but in both cases they have at least you know that they at least have the just the piece that they're you know they they're they're living the life that they should mm-hmm. and and hopefully they're both hopefully they both have you know the the maturity to to realize um you know going back to paul where he said you know he's he's learned to be uh content whether you know he's he's has or he hasn't yeah and so philippians four yeah 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 well i think we're gonna end it on that note joel yep. and uh Thank you guys for listening to this wild roller coaster of a podcast episode. I did not intend for it to go that way. I think that start of it threw it off and I was just, but you know what? That's how it goes. We're still figuring this out. So thank you for listening. If you made it this far, um, please pray for us that we continue to do this as guys. And we went, we just want to love God's word and, uh, Love it to our fullest. So, and uh, we will be back next week. God willing, God bless, and peace be with you.